Welcome to the Global Medical Device Podcast, where today's brightest minds in the medical device industry go to get their most useful and actionable insider knowledge, direct from some of the world's leading medical device experts and companies. How many times have you had to tell your story as a medical device company? Yeah. If you haven't, you're going to, whether that be to investors or to physicians or clinicians or key opinion leaders or to patients and even to regulatory bodies, you're going to have to tell your story. And there might be slightly different versions of your story, depending on who the audience listening to your story is. So getting that right is really important. What you can say based on what you're claiming, what you can't say based on what you're not claiming, all of these things are factors into your story. Well, joining me on this episode of the Global Medical Device Podcast is Brad Periello. Brad is the founder and principal at Circle Hill Life Science Communications, and he has a long history and experience and expertise in storytelling. You might have heard of Mass Device. Well, Brad is one of the principals that founded that initiative many, many years ago. So I hope you enjoy this episode of the Global Medical Device Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Global Medical Device Podcast. This is your host and founder at Greenlight Guru, John Spear. And joining me today is Brad Periello. Brad is the founder and principal at Circle Hill Life Science Communications. Brad, Welcome to the Global Medical Device Podcast. Oh, thanks, John. It's great to be here. I'm really Absolutely. pleased that you asked me to join. Absolutely. So one of the things we're going to talk about, and folks, you might have heard me mention this a time or two on previous episodes. And if you didn't, no big deal. We're going to talk about it more in depth today. But you're a medical device company. And I think this resonates maybe even more true for earlier stage company, but you have a story to tell. You're developing a product. That product is going to solve some sort of medical need in some way, shape, or form. You're going to help patients. And so good news. Brad is an expert at helping companies tell their stories. So Brad, I guess maybe that's the first place to start. How did you get into this? I guess first and foremost, maybe before we get to that, what do you do? What is Circle Hill Life Science Communications? What do you guys do? How do you help companies? Sure. So you kind of said it. We help companies mostly early stage. I wouldn't say that's a special focus, but it seems to be where the need is most acute. Really tell their stories. You know, in my experience as a journalist covering the industry for 10 years, and as you know, it's driven largely by these small companies that sort of fuel all the innovation. And then on the other side of the fence, as a communications guy, these folks know their stories really, really well. I mean, better than than you or I ever will, but they don't know how to tell them all the time. You know, they don't always know how to tell them just because maybe because they're in the weeds and it's hard to get that outsider's perspective. It's not like within their skill set. They don't have someone on the team. It's not something they've ever really thought about because they've been so focused on the development or whatever the task in front of them is. But through no fault of their own, they're not really effectively telling people, this is our story, this is what we're about, and this is why. So that's really sort of my stock and trade. I got into it with a fellow named Brian Johnson, who's now president of the MassMedic, the Massachusetts Medical Device Trade Lobby. And we were journalism guys. We've gone to graduate school together for journalism, had worked together at a daily newspaper. And he had left journalism briefly to, after just sort of grinding it out at 
a daily for a while, which trust me, can wear you down. I wasn't far <laughs> behind him. He was working for his father, who was the architect of the former U.S. Surgical, which many yeah. corporate evolutions later now, I think, is ultimately part of Medtronic. But he had developed this really rigorous sales training program. And U.S. Surgical was kind of the gold standard of medical device sales training at the time. So then he went out on his own and was consulting and Brian was working for him and noticed that although all the big name companies got a lot of sort of independent journalism coverage in the Wall Street Journal and the Boston Globe, what have you, there really wasn't a lot of on the ground coverage of the small companies that really drive everything and really sort of recognize independent journalism vacuum there. So we founded a company called Mass Device. And, you know, in our young man's hubris of the, at the time, we were aiming to be like the Wall Street Journal of the medical device industry. Very sort of narrow focus on just devices, but very, very, very deep, ranging from seed angel, seed round slash angel round funding, all the way up to developments at the major big name corporations. So I did that for about 10 years. We were writing, you know, 10 to 15 stories a day. So it was quite a grind, but, you know, I literally covered every aspect of the medical device industry at every level and every sector for 10 years. And that foundation lets me really from pretty much the jump, understand what each particular business client I might have is facing in terms of their communications, how they're telling their story, what audiences they're seeking to reach and how best to reach them. Yeah. When I had a chance to catch up with you the other day, I was like, oh yeah, I mean, I know Brian. Greenlight's done some device mobile talks. events. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And device talks and, you know, road shows and things of that nature. And, you know, Brian's yeah. been the MC at a couple of things, but I remember following when I first discovered Mass Device back, gosh, that's been a day or two, but. Yeah. We founded it in the very beginning of 2009. Yeah. This was back in the day. I don't know if they even still have this, but RSS feeds are like, that's one I got to subscribe yeah. to. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. so yeah. It, I'm it, born the me, day that the RSS feed kind of got deprecated. Yeah. I guess the way I would always describe your work at Mass Device, it's kind of like crunch base for med device or tech crunch for med device. It's like, yeah. this was candy for me, you know, it was like just reading these fascinating stories and kudos to you and to Brian, because there was nothing like that at that yeah. point in time. At the time, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot more out there now. And that's basically why we did it is we sort of recognized that there was this opportunity and nobody else was going to do it. Or maybe they were, but we wanted to get there first. So yeah, that sounds like that was a good springboard because you were telling, you know, snippets of stories anyway, for a lot of these companies. And, yeah. and, and, and so over the years, you know, describing the entire story arc, narrative arc of these companies, little story by little story by little story, you know, and those are good and bad stories, as we know. But yeah, it was good. It was great foundational training for what I'm doing now, which is actually super interesting to be able to see, you know, you go under NDA and you get to kind of see what's under the kimono. And it's really been fascinating to sort of juxtapose that with, oh, you know, on the public facing side and whatever I could chisel out of these folks, you know, it's one thing, but behind the scenes, it's a completely different story. And you get to see far down the road in their pipeline. And I've just found the whole aspect of that really, really enjoyable and, and fascinating to see that other side. Yeah. I want to go back to something that you hinted at a moment ago. And let's talk about specifically more the earlier stage company, the startup kind of company. Yeah. A lot of times the earlier stage companies, the people who founded the business are, are oftentimes either the person who had the original idea or very close to the person who had the idea. And generally, at least in my experience, that early startup team is usually pretty technical in nature. You know, hiring somebody from marketing communications background or a storytelling background is is not on the docket for a long, long time in, right. in their journey as a medical device company, but it's so important.
important because as you're an early stage company, there's lots of times where telling your story is applicable. Most of these companies are raising funds, right? And so telling that story is pretty important to the fundraising process. Can you maybe elaborate on that a little bit? Sure. You know, the old adage is that engineers can't write, you know, they're numbers guys. They're great at at describing specs and really getting very, very detailed in the kind of writing they have to do. But when it comes to sort of storytelling and more narrative writing, it's not their skill set. It's not their wheelhouse. And for me, like, I just love the startup environment. I love how these folks are just so driven and so dedicated and really focused on for what I think should be everyone's bottom line, which is the patient and improving outcomes and addressing unmet needs. But you're not going to be able to do that unless you can raise some money. And, you know, depending on the classification of your device, that could be a very expensive prospect. So I think it's important early on to think about, you really want to sort of take that really complicated story of all the different threads that is your company and distill it down to a few sort of core principles, core pillars, that'll be the foundation of your messaging platform or structure. And one of those pillars, especially for early stage, as you point out, out is the investor slash strategics audience, which has changed a lot, I should say, you know, since I really started closely looking at this industry in the late aughts used to be, you know, you could get VC to do device. And then there was a great sort of terrible Gobi desert period where that was very, very scarce, which was tough, but also I think helped drive the turn towards private placements. And more importantly, at least on a bigger scale, the role of strategics in both investing in companies, but also in acquisitions, which they've kind of always done. I think they've probably kind of always done some investing, but not sort of, I mean, now you see big companies that have a venture arm and that's what they do is they spread their bets around and the sectors or treatment areas they want to cover and they pick the best ones if they can and try to get in on that, you know, relatively early. So that to me, I think is the importance of the early stage involvement in thinking about how you're communicating your story. Yeah. You're, you definitely need these investor strategic audience. Depending on the device sector you're in, you may want to be directly addressing patients, you know, direct to, to consumer. You certainly want to be talking to physicians. And now, you know, last five, 10 years, you really have to be talking to the hospital hospitals on sort of two levels. The payer, yeah. the insurance company who is actually fueling the thing, and then also the physician and also the decision maker within the hospital administration who actually kind of signs the check for that institution. And for our industry, those are kind of the big buckets of audience that you really want to be looking at. And although your core message is the same, the way you communicate it to those audiences differs. Things that an investor or a VC or somebody at a strategic wants to hear are different from what a patient wants to hear and is different from what the physician wants to hear and the payer. So you have to have, you know, the core thing is right, your technology. This is our technology. This is what it does. But for the investor, you want to say, well, this is the potential addressable market. This is the value it creates and the costs it takes out of the system. This is the ROI and this is how we're going to improve the business model or this is why our business model is great. For patients, it's more, you know, it's safe. A, always first and number one. It's not going to kill you. It's not going to maim you. It's not, you know, it's safe. It's effective and more effective than the standard treatment or the current treatment or what you're most likely to see when you go to the doctor for this. And then physicians are going to want to have safety and efficacy or they are probably their things, but also really cost, especially if they're running their own practice. They're going to want to know if 
I introduce this tech into my practice, how much is it going to pull out of my you know, workflows, my cost of operations? Is it going to streamline things? Is it just going to add another step? So yeah, there's a lot that goes into telling that story once you've figured out actually what the core story is. Yeah, I think it's so important. I mean, a confession, I am an engineer. Back in the day, well, I've, I've started- No offense, a, no offense. <laughs> none taken. Uh, but I know where my strengths are and I know where, where I'm not as strong. And you know, years ago, when I started my first company, I didn't appreciate, I guess, the art, so to speak, of telling my story. I would interact with people. And the first one of the first companies I started was a service provider business. So I wasn't really pitching investors per se, but I was pitching companies to hire me and the needs for my services. And it was kind of a struggle, you know, at least those are the first several iterations of giving that pitch because I didn't have my message dialed in. And I have to give a lot of credit to a good friend of mine from back in the day, Scott Durlacher, because I, I don't know if Scott listens to this, but anyway, he and I, <laughs> he met me for lunch and this is the first time I met him, you know, through the course of networking, mutual connection said, Hey, you guys should talk. So we're sitting down and, and he's asking about my story. You know, I'm just, you know, spewing things. He's like, man, I don't know what you do because I don't know what it, do you do this? I'm like, well, I can. Do you do this? I'm like, well, I can. And that sort of thing. So that interaction was so key because I realized, oh, get to the point, you know, tell your story, be matter of fact about it. You know, don't make these egregious claims that you can't corroborate and support. And I think that's really important for medical device companies. Don't say your thing does this when it actually does something completely different. Don't stretch the truth, so to speak, but tell the story in a way that resonates with your audience. And that's what I'm hearing from you. You got different audiences that you have to be cognizant of. Yeah. I'm actually glad that you brought up the claims issue and sort of making claims because as you rightly point out, <laughs> can be a big no-no. Slippery slope um, can be. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say to any company that's looking to get some outside help for their communications that they really need to investigate and make sure that the folks that they're looking to hire are familiar with the industry because there's a lot of awesome folks in PR and communications that don't know anything about device. I've seen that happen where they hire, go with a company that's, you know, great PR. And then the campaign, you know, it's just terrible for the company because they don't understand you can't make that claim. And there's a huge sort of learning curve of like, no, we can't do this. No, we can't do that. No, we, you know, because the regulatory environment is very strict. You know, there's reimbursement issues. You got to be, I mean, you know, the quality systems, so like you got to be aware yeah. of all this different stuff in this business. So whoever you wind up going with, it should be someone who really knows the business. And Absolutely. there's lots of folks out there who do, who specialize right. in this in our little neck of the woods. All right. When we come back here from this break, I want to dive into the regulatory perspective, maybe dig a little bit deeper on the claims side of things with respect to the story of your company. So let's take that break. Brad, I want to remind folks, I'm talking with Brad Periello. Brad is the founder and principal at Circle Hill Life Science Communications. We know a little bit about how Brad can help you, but Brad, tell us more. How can folks reach out to you or connect with you? Sure. Thanks, John. So the easiest way is probably brad at circlehillcommunications.com. That's my email. I do have a website, but it's very bare bones. And I was actually looking at it this morning and there seems to be some sort of domain issue, which I was knocking engineers earlier, but being a word guy, I could probably use some engineering help with that. But email is probably the best way to reach me. And I should also do a little shout out for the folks at Pazanga Health Communications, who I work with when I need help with things that are sort of beyond my skill set, web design, web development. 
and that kind of thing. Laura Nobles at Pazanga and her team, which I'm one, are great. And if you want to contact them, it's pazangahealth.com. Again, you want to get a hold of Brad and learn how he can help you tell your story. Brad at Circle Hill Communications. All one word, no spaces, hyphens, or anything like that. CircleHillCommunications.com. While we're taking this break, I want to remind folks about Greenlight Guru. Greenlight Guru is the only medical device success platform in the market today. It's designed specifically and exclusively for medical device companies like you. It's been designed by actual medical device professionals like me. So within the platform, there are workflows to help you manage your design and development, your risk, your documents and records, your quality events, things like CAPAs and complaints and non-conformances. And it's all within one single source of truth. That's right. Single source of truth for all of your medical device quality needs, your development needs, uh, all right there at your fingertips. Again, check it out, www.greenlight.guru. We'd love to have a conversation with you, understand your needs and your requirements. And hopefully we have products and solutions that can help meet your needs and help you get to market just a little bit faster with products that are a little bit more safe and less risk involved. So check it out, www.greenlight.guru. So Brad, right before the break, we're talking a little bit about claims. And I want to shift to the regulatory side of things a bit, because you've got to tell your story to the end user. You got to tell your story to the patient. If you're early stage, you're probably going to be telling your story to investors, but you also need to tell your story to the regulatory bodies. And one of the vehicles, at least in the US from an FDA perspective that I'm a huge advocate of is it's the thing called the pre-submission. I like that for a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons I like the pre-submission is it gives you an opportunity to engage and interact with the FDA very early in your process. But it's really important that when you're engaging with FDA, you have to be able to tell your story. It's your product. You should be able to tell your story. What sort of experiences have you had telling that regulatory story? That's an excellent question. I don't have a ton of experience helping folks deal directly with FDA because, as you know, that is such a... It's a specialized. Regulated, yeah, well, yeah, very, it's, very it's specialized. Very specialized. What I will say is that I think, and I agree with you, I think pre-submission is great. I think the earlier that you can engage with any regulatory body, the better, and develop hopefully a sort of helpful relationship with them. I think the way I approach it when I'm working with a new company is I give them a big, long questionnaire. It's like three pages of questions. And definitely the CEO will fill it out. And then hopefully a two, three members of his or her team will fill it out as well. And it really helps sort of elicit from them the key elements of their story. And then I can take all of that and sort of amalgamate it together and refine it and distill it. And in communicating with them, figure out these are the pillars of the foundation we're trying to build here. And I feel like that exercise is the kind of thing that you would want to go through before your first meeting for pre-submission so that you can walk into that meeting and say clearly and succinctly, this is who we are, this is what we're about, and this is what we want to do, and this is what we hope that you'll see as we go through this process. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think it's really important too, when you're telling that story with the regulatory body, you know, having a really good grasp on your claims is part of that story, because what you say you do is important, but 
what you don't say you don't do is also important and all those sorts of things. And, and, you know, when you get that audience with regulatory, it's not like you have a half day opportunity to tell, you know, all the nuances. You have to be very succinct and polished and tell the executive summary of where you are, who you are, where you're going, why it's important and all those sorts of things, because you're trying to, to get awareness is probably a better way with that regulatory body so that those next steps after that pre-submission, you want to make sure that you're focused on the right things, going down the right path. And Nothing you is worth that rapport with yeah. or whoever the official is on the other end, where when the inevitable problem crops up, it's not a brick wall. It's, hey, how can we work together to get around? Yeah, because later in your journey as a medical device company, you're probably going to have additional regulatory submissions in order to get to market. Things like 510Ks and that sort of thing. Well, right? Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to get to the 510K or that final, what you think is that final submission to get to market and realize, oh, I just hit a brick wall. Because I think, you know, another time to tell the story is like a 510K submission or CE Mark tech file. That's your story too. Now, granted, it's a way more technical version of the story, but it is part of your story too. Yeah. One thing that struck me while you were mentioning that is it also points up how important it is to have input from all sectors of your team into the communications plan. Yeah. So you need your regulatory folks to be looking at, you know, sort of the master messaging documents to make sure you're not making any claims. Obviously, that would be very bad, but also just to make sure that it makes sense to them and it's something they feel comfortable because after all, the idea is that this messaging is consistent across all your communications platforms. So if they're not comfortable expressing it and going into a meeting and saying, yeah, this is us, this is what we're about and agreeing with the language claims aside, it's not going to be as effective a tool for them. So, and the same is true for, you know, obviously legal, but other departments as well, design, engineering. I mean, think about even if you're at a barbecue with your neighbor, or as you were saying with lunch with your friend there, I have no idea what you do. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you should be able to communicate that. And that's what I do. Yeah. And communicating it at the appropriate level. If you're talking to your friend at the barbecue. Appropriate communication, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you got to have the infamous elevator pitch, but that should be buttoned up enough. So like in 30 seconds or less, you can communicate, you know, according to the appropriate level. That was another mistake I made earlier on after starting my own business. Somebody would ask me what I would do and I would just sit there and ramble on and on. And and they were polite, you know, because I live in the Midwest probably, but they were polite and they didn't We're polite here too, but they would just talk about you behind your back. (laughs) (laughs) But they would walk on and, but they had no idea what I did. You know, it's like, come on. Yeah, just messaging is really important. Well, I guess I'll ask it as a question. So compare and contrast storytelling for med device companies from when you started mass device to today, because back then we just mentioned earlier, we had things like RSS feeds and you were kind of in a white space. You know, there weren't a lot of other media outlets for this sort of thing. And today we get inundated with everything. So what have you seen from then till now as important? You know, I think for all the noise, I think the same fundamental things, at least in this business, that were important then are important now. Finding a good unmet need and really helping patients is the foundation of everything we do. You got to be able to talk to the the money people and raise money because it's an expensive prospect. You got to be able to talk to patients and the greater public. You got to be able to talk to physicians Some of the particulars of each of those audiences have changed over time. For example, you know, you used to have to be able to talk to VCs and private equity. And while you still have to be able to do that, you now have to be able to talk to family investment shop and one, you know, high net worth individuals 
and strategics and you know wherever that branch of the money tree is you got to be able to walk out on that branch and communicate with the natives and that analogy is true across all of those audiences you know you need to be able to figure out what it is of your story that they need to hear last thing i want to talk to you a little bit about today social media you know yeah that's kind of my reaction too however i think it needs to have a place in some way shape or form as a company is evolving i guess i'll just leave it there yeah. What role do you see social media super, playing? Super powerful and important. And unfortunately, as a sort of curmudgeonly old guy. Uh, <laughs> Love-hate relationship, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, increasingly important communications tool with just massive reach. And learning, the problem for me has always been that it's evolved so quickly. And just when this old fuddy-duddy gets comfortable with one platform, yeah. either like change that platform or a new platform comes <laughs> up and it's, you know, I got these big fat fingers and I can't yeah. do the thing. But all joking aside, where I've seen companies really, really succeed with that is having a dedicated person on their communications team, whether it's internal or external, usually a young person who really understands these platforms and how they differ and knows how to use them each to their maximum effectiveness. Because folks that you can reach on Facebook aren't going to be reached on LinkedIn. And in our industry, LinkedIn is big. Facebook, I think Instagram kind of negligible, maybe some YouTube. I mean, I think actually probably a lot of YouTube is used a lot for videos and animations yeah. and maybe some presentations. And then you, you have to have, the old buddy daddy has run out of examples to say. No, but you have to know what well, some of those out there may be in the Snapchats and the TikToks yeah. and all those sorts of things too. And I mean, you need to understand what each of those different outlets oh, sure. and how it might or might not be a good avenue to connect with yeah. your specific audience that you're trying to target and even how to write within them you know writing on exactly. Twitter is a lot different than writing on linkedin yeah exactly brad any other tips pointers things you thought you hoped we would cover that we didn't that you want to leave the audience with no i think we did a pretty good job of covering the bases i would like to pitch my social media platform idea all right let's go for it i, I call it drop chat and okay. the target audience is guys just like me who have very low tolerance and are late adopters of new technology and basically what it is is you download the app and then you push the button and it basically destroys all of your communications devices and completely isolates you from the cloud and <laughs> drop your chat. <laughs> drop chat. You heard oh, it here first. <laughs> I love it, man. Let me know when that's ready to yeah, be just, added to my phone. An electromagnetic pulse that just goes boom. <laughs> uh, uh, takes me off grid automatically. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's I think, hilarious. I think got legs. Folks, if you're going to develop Brad's idea, at least send him a residual or yeah. you know, something like that. Brad, thank you. I uh, appreciate you taking time to chat with me. Folks, Brad Periello. Again, Brad is the founder and principal at Circle Hill Life Science Communications. And you can reach Brad via email at brad at circlehillcommunications.com. Again, this is your host and founder at Greenlight Guru, John Spear. And you have been listening to the Global Medical Device Podcast the number one podcast in the medical device industry. And that's because of you, loyal listeners. You've been telling your friends and you've been telling your colleagues. Keep doing so. We greatly appreciate it. So until next time.